When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 305th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons defeated the Carolina Panthers today 29-21 at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte to improve to 6-7 on the season. We'll title this episode, The Falcons Are In The Playoff Hunt. The Falcons are indeed in the playoff hunt right now. They're the 10th uh, seed. They're like five teams with six and seven records uh, right now. Uh, the problem for the Falcons is that two of the teams uh, uh, are ahead of them. Washington, they lost to Washington. They lost to Philadelphia. So, um, you know, they got to win out pretty much. That's what they're saying after the game. And uh, they got off to a good start here today in Charlotte with a 29-21 win. So we're going to talk about the overall performance of the team, look at the run game improvement, the defense, and uh, we're going to also take a look ahead to the playoffs, which we already kind of started in on, and we'll blend in our game notes, our player notes, the team stats, and our player stats here in the 305th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Overall, you know, the Falcons did pretty good. Three turnovers. They turned them into 13 points. Uh, You know, the bottom line for Coach Arthur Smith was about the turnovers and the running game. So let's hear about that from Coach Arthur Smith. What you saw out there is the guys that made a commitment to shut the run down. I thought we were very physical on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Defense did a nice job getting three takeaways. I thought we played pretty decent complimentary football. And and we were able to run the ball. I believe it was our third uh, straight 100-yard rushing game. And if we're going to be a physical team and you want to win in December, you're going to have to bring your run game with you. And I thought we did that today. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, The Panthers ran for 203 yards on 47 carries in the previous meeting, and the Falcons sliced that in half. They only gave up 91 yards rushing today. Uh, The running game uh, did get over 100 yards for the third consecutive game. Uh, 128 is where they finished at. But they mixed it in with three different players, with Corderell Patterson, Mike Davis, and Quadri Allison uh, getting some action there. So, um, you know, we talked about the playoff hopes. They're the 10th seed. The top seven teams uh, make it. And um, so they'll have an uphill battle with that. Uh, but down the stretch here, they play at San Francisco next week. They got Detroit. Then they go to Buffalo. Then finish with the Saints. So that sounds daunting in, in some respects. But, hey, if the defense continues to get better, uh, you know, maybe they can go to San Francisco and upset Kyle Shanahan and his crew. Uh, Detroit, you know, don't go to sleep on them. Beat them. And then there'll be a big showdown in Buffalo with the uh, Bills trying to fight for AFC playoff seeding. And then the last game, you never know what's going to happen in the Saints and the Falcons rivalry. But um, let's go to linebacker Mikael Walker, who had the 66-yard interception return in the game, and see what his uh, view is of the playoffs. 
I mean, it's huge. We're preaching. We got to go five and up. So that was our, you know, we're one one game now. We got. I mean, we're not done yet. We got to go back and go win four more. So for us, this game was a playoff game for us. So that's that's what we're preaching for the last couple next four games. So yeah, they've been preaching about the playoffs. So let's look at some of the game stats here and try to break that down. You know, we said the score twenty nine to twenty one. They beat them at Bank of America Stadium. The Falcons' offense finished with three hundred eighteen yards of total offense. Included 128 net rushing yards. Atlanta offense has rushed for more than 103 consecutive games for the first time since weeks 14 through 17 of the 2018 season. The Falcons offense also converted 7 of 14 attempts on third down. That's 50%. And they were 2 for 2 on fourth down. And we saw him run the quarterback sneak. Everybody's been clamoring about all year in these short yardage situations. The Falcons' defense also forced three turnovers and limit Carolina's offense to four of 11 on third downs. That's uh, 36.4% and one of three on fourth down, 33.3%. The Falcons' defense, they had the interception return for a touchdown for a second consecutive week. You know, Marlon Davidson had the three-yarder against Brady last week, and then Mikael Walker stepped in front of a Cam Newton pass that was attended for Amir Abdullah and took it to the house for 66 yards. Picked up a block along the way from linebacker Fourier Ulukan to help him get into the end zone. It was the first time since Deion Jones and Robert Alford did that in weeks three and four of the 2016 season that the Falcons had uh, back-to-back pick six weeks. So the Falcons defense, uh, the Falcons also led in time of possession, 34 minutes and 36 seconds to 25 minutes and 24 seconds. And uh, Mike Davis served as the Falcons' sixth game day captain today. Uh, He played with the Panthers last year and came back here and had a pretty decent game against his old team. So... We want to know, you know, where's this run game been, you know, all season. Now the last three weeks you're over 100 yards. Uh, The combination blocks are working. They're able to spring folks for for a little bit here and there. So they got 128 yards, making it the third straight week. They topped over 120. So what's happened that changed over the last three weeks? Here's Mike Davis to help explain that for us. Besides Art cussing us out, <laughs> Our offensive line, man, they, they've taken on a challenge, and um, <clears throat> they just want to prove to everybody that, you know, we can run the ball. Those guys, they can block. Um, they did an awesome job against Tampa, and an awesome job against the Panthers. I think it's number one and number two teams as far as rushing. Yeah, I think there's definitely confidence building for those guys. I think it's continuing to work at the same small little details, you know that. I think those guys are getting better at, and um, the the thing I love about those guys is is they've stayed the course. You know where it hasn't been pretty or perfect. You know the entire year they've stayed the course. They've continued to work hard. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, that's the second time in a, uh, a week in a row that Mike Davis has mentioned that they got cussed out by the coach. So it might be real. When you ask the coach about it, he's like, I don't know. What we were just talking football, but hey, that's uh. That's the second time. But, hey, another thing about the run game, Cordell Patterson played sparingly in the third and fourth quarter. Um, You know, 
The uh, TV folks were speculating about an injury. No injury was announced post-game or during the game. But, yeah, if you, you know, they're going to try to say they were monitoring his carry. So we'll see if he shows up on the injury report this week. They definitely need him down the stretch. So that was uh, Matt Ryan and Mike Davis's analysis of the run game. And we're going to go and look at some of the player stats. Uh, we've been over a few, some of them, but let's break them down here. Matt Ryan completed 19 of 28 passes, 67.9% uh, for 190. Uh, one touchdown and 98.8 passer rating. Corderell Patterson rushed for 58 yards on 16 carries. That's 3.6. And a touchdown. It was his fifth rushing rushing touchdown of the season. He is the first player with at least five rushing touchdowns and five receiving touchdowns in a single season in franchise history. Mike Davis had 44 yards rushing on 11 carries and five receptions for 42 yards. So that was respectable, 86-yard outing uh, and 16 touches for Mike Davis is coming back to Carolina. I bet they wish they had him because Christian McCaffrey went down again this season. But Russell Gage had four receptions for 63, had a big 36-yarder earlier on a double-move double route that let the Panthers know, hey, y'all can't keep coming up here in the box trying to stop the run. We'll throw it over your head. And then Kyle Pitts had five catches for 61. It's his sixth straight game with 62 yards or less receiving, but he had a big catch late in the game. On a third and 14, he converted for a 23-yarder to allow the Falcons to run the clock out and wrap up the game. He became the fifth rookie tight end to record at least 50 receptions and 750 yards in NFL history. Tight end Hayden Hurst came back. He was out with the ankle injury, returned in this game. He had a three-yard touchdown reception, his second of the season. And Walker, that was his first career interception, returned the one he took back for 66 yards. Cornerback C.J. Terrell also had an interception, which matched his career high with uh, three. He had matched his career high today with three passes defense. Dante Fowler, who left the game with a calf injury, had three tackles and one sack. Uh, matched his career high with three tackles for losses. So we know um, you can Google the story on Dante on, um, I think, the next half a sack once he gets five. Uh, his um, incentives start to trigger in. So he's incentivized to get healthy and get some sacks here down the stretch. It could land somewhere between $5 million and $11 million for, for, for Dante if he can get hot here down the stre stretch getting after the quarterback. Grady Jarrett, he had a fumble recovery, his first fumble recovery of the season, third of his career. Fourier Ulikan had a team leading seven tackles. And one pass defense. Deion Jones had six tackles and one quarterback hit. Brandon Copeland, he had to do a good job with Cam Newton on the zone read plays. Him and Steven Meese, they both did a good job with that. Uh, he had four tackles and two tackles for loss. And uh, the kicker, Youngway Koo, made all three of his field goal attempts, 32, 38, and 48 yards, uh, both extra points and also recorded another special teams tackle. And uh, punter Tom Morstead continued to 
Drew a good job. He had two punts for 110 yards, 55 average. Landing one inside the 20-yard line, and he had the long there of 64 yards. So those are your player notes here. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball and talk a little bit more about the defense. The Atlanta defense, you know, may have turned the corner with the three turnovers. Um, and, um, you know, we're going to look at what, what the difference is because uh, they've been playing a lot better since the 43-3 to blowout against Dallas on November the 14th. Here's what Coach Arthur Smith has to say about the defense improving. I think it's the whole team. I mean, you, you know, you come in here, there's a lot of turnover, you know, new staff, uh, a lot of new faces, and the whole goal. I've been saying to you guys, you know, I sound like a broken record, but you got to improve as the season goes on, and I think we're improving. Yeah, I think they are too. They, they definitely, you know, went out in these last few games. They were in it against the Patriots. Then you had the two pick sixes laid by uh, Rosen and Franks, and they lost 25 to nothing. You you know you you holding them to a two score game late in the fourth quarter. That was a good job by the defense. They held Jacksonville to fourteen. They got a cheap one late, uh, and then um, you know against Tom Brady in the butt. They're in the game at halftime because of the defense. It's twenty seventeen. The offense comes out, uh, doesn't score. The defense gets them the ball back again, and they still couldn't still score. So today, um, you know, they got the, the the turnovers. They turned them into thirteen points and were. You know, kind of able to, to wrap this game up. So, uh, you know, great. One of the big things was the stopping the run, you know, after giving up 203 yards. And here's what Grady Jarrett had to, stay, had to say about how they had to stop the run today. Definitely wanted to come out and stop the run today. It's a big point of emphasis. Um, still could have been better in some areas, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, definitely, you know, just trying to – put them in a position where they had to throw the ball. So we had a good response in the second game. Yeah, and uh, Walker, uh, he's a he's a kid that uh, started the Jacksonville game with Deion Jones out with a shoulder injury, and he led him with 11 tackles. Coach uh, Dean Pease said, hey, I got to try to get him on the field. He did that today, and it was kind of a special uh, day for, for Walker. Let's hear from him. I got to take it back here. Cam Newton is my favorite player ever. Cam Newton and LeBron James growing up, they're my favorite players ever. So I mean, it's it's insane. It's my first interception. Baby was born a couple days ago. I mean, I'm on cloud nine right now. All right. That's Mikhail Walker. Uh, one one other thing he told us was that, hey, you know, um, yeah, I'm a reserve, but I play and practice like a starter. I th think I'm a starter in this league, so that's how I get ready to play. When I go on the field, you know, when I get these opportunities, I have to seize them. And uh, he said he was just in a basic drop, watched the quarterback's eyes, and, uh, uh, you know, that led him to the ball and to the big play. So Walker's a guy to keep keep it. We've been saying that for a while because he started a little bit last year, started six games, and um, every time he plays, he tends to show up at the football. So we're going to look at some team stats here before we move on. Uh, just um, – First downs were 21. Carolina had 21 to 20. Uh, we went over the third down stats, 7 to 14 for the Falcons, 4 of 11 for Carolina. Total yards, 318. They got out gained. The uh, Panthers gained 331 with all that garbage yardage late. And, you know, the Falcons were up uh, 20, 29 to 16. They got a lot of garbage yardage on that last drive, 29 to 14. Uh, offensive play, 64 to 62. 
The Falcons averaged five yards of play. Carolina averaged 5.4. Uh, net rushing, 128 to 91. Passing net, 190 to 243. Penalty, 6 for 60 and 6 for 45 for Tampa Bay. 3-1 uh, to one in turnovers. And, um, you know, touchdowns, 2-4 to four for the offenses. And uh, field goals, 3-for-3 three three for the Falcons, 0-for-0. Zero zero. Time of possession, 34 minutes, 36 seconds. 25 minutes and 24 seconds for the Panthers. So, um, you know, the playoffs, the legitimacy of the playoffs are, are in question. A lot of teams at six and seven. It's a big bunch there. But if you keep winning, if you can somehow get to nine, ten wins, then you know you're gonna be there at the end. So, uh, you know, uh, they had a chance to le legitimize their playoff bid last week by beating the Bucks, but they're staying in the group. They stayed in the pack with the victory today. So this is this really a playoff contender? Let's go to Matt Ryan and see what he says. We played well enough to win today. I think we can play better than we did. You know, there there are areas that we can improve. And uh, that's always the case, win or loss. But, you know, I still think there's more consistency for us. I still think our, our best football, you know, is, is still in front of us. Okay, yeah. So, they well, they're going to need their best football. San Francisco's playing good. You got Detroit. Uh, they play real tough for Coach Campbell. I call him Coach Kneecaps. And just look at his opening presser to get that reference. Uh, then, you know, Buffalo and then the Saints. But right now, you know, in the NFC, you got Arizona at 10 and 2, Tampa Bay at 10 and 3, Packers at 9 and 3, Cowboys at 9 and 4 after beating Washington football today. Then the Rams at 8 and 4. So those look like five pretty solid spots. So we get to 6 and 7. You start with 49ers, they're 7 and 6 playing the Bengals. Then you got Washington football at six and seven. That that that's how it'd be right now as we speak. Okay, and then on the bubble, that's seven. So Vikings at six and seven, or the eighth seed, the Eagles at six and seven, or the ninth seed, the Falcons at six and seven, or the tenth seed, and the Saints at six and seven, or the eleventh seed. And then on uh, the the out of the kind of out of the race group is led by Carolina at 5 and 8 and Seattle at 5 and 8. Then you have the Bears at 4 and 8 and then the Giants at 4 and 9. And uh that's what it's looking like for the uh, playoffs. The only eliminated uh NFC team is the Detroit Lions. So you know they'll they'll come to Atlanta already eliminated from the playoffs and it would uh, behoove the Falcons to take care of their business in that game against the Lions. So I just want to look at one more thing here on the player stats. I think we got most of their big ones covered. Uh, just like to make sure that uh, we got everybody covered here. Yes, we do. So, um, yeah, the big thing was the running. They ran the ball for 128 yards. They stopped the run, 91 yards, and was able to to get out of Carolina with the victory. So with that, we're going to wrap things up here from the 305th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Are the Falcons a playoff contender? 
after beating the Carolina Panthers 29-21 at Bank of America Stadium. Take care and have a great rest of your week. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.